0: Svava's going to open us up with a couple songs.
1: And uh, the first song is called Only Love. song is Thy Will Be Done a princess in heaven above am i worthy of all this love am i worthy of all this love i pray for your thoughts to be mine help me get off the timeline let the kingdom of heaven come Thy will be done Thy will be done Who Wish to think like you. All I ever want to do is to be like you, Jesus. I love you standing in front of the door of light, longing for. To be in sight, am I worthy of this love? Oh Jesus, show me heaven above. Oh Jesus, show me heaven above. I pray for your thoughts to be mine. Help me get off the timeline. Let the kingdom of heaven come. Thy will be done. Thy will be done. Ooh, 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 ooh. ooh, ooh, ooh. The Kingdom of Heaven, come thy will be done.
0: Well, good morning. This has been just an adorable, cozy retreat here and yeah, is Frank around. Here he You're back there. You are back here. I just, I'm so grateful. Frank off, offered his house. It it was a lot to buy a house and then come into an empty house and then try to get it ready for a retreat. And was it two months? And um, that's just part of the miracle too. Just the generosity of of having the spirit of that and. Frank might be flying off to, was it California and France soon, but, but just to come here, we went up to, Lisa and Frank and I too flew to Utah. Mm. So that was quite a, a week adventure too. It's been a whirlwind the whole the whole two months. <laughs> but it's been filled with lots of miracles and lots of joy and happiness and transformation. And the thought that was coming to me today was, that the main, if you really get one thing from A Course in Miracles, it's about bringing the illusions to the truth. It's not about trying to bring the truth into the illusion, which would be the ego's attempt at saying, well, I've got a pretty good life here on earth, and if I can just make it a little bit better, um, spiritualize it a little bit, um, that would be wonderful. And that would be an example of trying to take the truth and bring it into the illusion. Whereas uh, that would be trying to just make a better self-concept and the ego thinking it knows what a better self- concept is based on its own purposes and intentions. And when people come at that, they do read the book differently. They, they just study it, and it's almost like they really have expectations of their life you know getting better. Almost like it's some kind of a blue manifesting book <laughs> that uh, is just going to provide a bunch of manifesting and that they can, you know, reach a certain level and then just throw it away. when actually the course, the presence of love that's behind the course, is saying, you've made a self-concept that's a substitute for your true identity. And you will have to go through a dismantling. And I've even heard course students arguing. One saying, no, the course is about learning. And then another one saying, no, it's about unlearning. (laughs) You know, which seems to be two opposites. And actually I feel When you do begin to offer your dark beliefs and offer all the thoughts and beliefs in your mind over to spirit, saying, here, take them from me, let them disappear, then you do go through phases. And one of those early phases uh, Jesus talks about in the development of trust, he actually says, it will seem as if things are being taken away from you. Uh, And he said, it's not really the case. It's just that you're starting to devalue certain things of time and space because you value spirit more. And I think, I feel really grateful the way, for the space I was in when the Course first came to me in 1986, because I'd been through ten years of university and you know, had experienced meeting people from all over the world that were at university, so that was kind of a, a broadened my perspective. And then I had to, that was also in my 20s when a lot of times for people in their 20s, you're, you're kind of in a place gearing up for your life career and your life goals at that point in your 20s. And so to have the Course come in, it was like Jesus saying, uh, we interrupt this uh, career broadca- broadcast and uh, this life goal broadcast to bring you the kingdom of heaven, and um, and I'm going to have to intercept uh, your mind and uh, actually send it in a different trajectory because what you're doing and where you're going, what you're aiming for, is not going to be happy for you. You know, you have every right to happiness, but the your beliefs on how you're going to get there are all twisted. So, it was. when I first started hearing Jesus speak to me directly, there was lots of back-and-forth conversations of me saying, well listen, here's what I want out of life, and I would say things and whatever I would say, if I'd say, rela- I want a relationship, he'd say, well, you want intimacy. I said, okay, yeah, that's it. I want, I want intimacy and then he would tell me, well, you have all these definitions in your mind which are all very, very physical. You really believe that you there's some kind of formula you can physically do the right things and have the right actions and, and attract the right person into your life. And, and almost like you have a formula for achieving that intimacy. And he said, that formula is way off. He said, you have every right to intimacy, to that deep feeling of love and connection, giving and receiving love. You have, that's your birthright. That's how you were created. But actually, the way you're going about it is very off. And then we would go, I'd say, very off? What do you mean? I think I'm kind of off, maybe. But, and he would say, no, actually very off. And he would, he would go into much more detail. The more we talked, it was a bit shocking to the ego. But it was actually very helpful. And then when the course came, I was at the point where I was living very simply, just um, paying off student loans. Not much money in my bank account. So little money in my bank account that I I never really like tried to check it or balance it or whatever because it was it wasn't really worth it. <laughs> you know, Do we have fifteen, a hundred and fifteen, or four hundred. You know, it's like not that really important. That's not that big of a difference. We don't have to check. And that was good too because it was part of letting go of that idea of, of accumulating, getting, achieving, you know, that I'd been conditioned to do. It's like, no, we're going in a whole other direction. We're going for peace of mind. And that whole direction is going to be shifted and the first part was the undoing of a lot of pride, like knocking a chip of pride off of the shoulder, then knocking another chip off the other shoulder, of, of all these beliefs of how to go about living on planet Earth. And it, it, there was some pretty shocking um, conversations because, you know, I would be trying to I'd say, money doesn't grow on trees, you don't understand how it works here. He said, oh yeah, I do. I've, I've been there. <laughs> I've been exactly there and I do know very much about what, you know, so it's like the, uh, I know mine trying to tell Jesus a few things and it was Jesus like, no, that's that's not. Very practical and very much always bringing it back to my mind. You know, your concerns about the environment, the environment's in your mind. Your concerns about politics, it's in your mind. Your concerned. I was very concerned about society. I would talk a lot of times to Jesus. I don't like society. I don't like what society is and how it develops and what it represents and everything. He'd say again the same answer. Society is in your mind. You you egoically have invented society. Now you're blaming your projection for your invention. <laughs> it's like, he'd say it's crazy. You've got to realize you don't really have anything to blame, but you still keep seeing things that you don't like outside. But you don't like the thoughts, and then you project them so it will seem as if they're not you. It's somebody else, It's or it's a group that you don't like, or an organization, or a society. And so, I would say that one thing I've realize in working with Jesus all these years, is Jesus is extremely practical. Even if we talked about consciousness as being the split in the mind and having many different levels, and we could say that people, as they seem to go through a transformation and wake up, they, there's so many gradations and level, but atonement, the correction, that light of correction, just filters through all those different levels and it works on all the levels. And that's why Jesus says, I attempted to correct the error from the bottom up. He wasn't a top-down kind of teacher who just manifested on earth for a few minutes and said, all is God, all is love, all is one. Good afternoon, good evening, good night, and catch you later in heaven. I mean, if, if, if it's true that he was in a state of mind, uh, he could have said that. He could have said in five minutes. He could have said, "I am the Father, are one. The kingdom of heaven is within you." You know the main points of the Sermon on the Mount. You could have just hit the main points in five minutes, and then poof, he could have just disappeared, like a, like uh, in the Wizard of Oz, Glenda the Good Witch. She just kind of you know goes off. He could have just sailed off or just poofed. But nobody, I don't think he, nobody would even have heard of Jesus. Uh, He wouldn't have been a a footnote in history. (laughs) They'd have just went, that's weird. Okay, let's get back. Who's tending the goats? (laughs) It's like, let's get back. Like at the end of uh, Truman Show. Okay, what else is on? (laughs) After this (laughs) profound life of, of escaping time and space. Well, what else is on, you know? But he actually spent a few years of public ministry. And there were... Healings, symptom removal, raising from the dead and and many, many miracles which really seemed to catch the attention of the people and Of course, his teachings caught the attentions of the scribes and the Pharisees, who were very much based in tradition, and there was a lot of puffy pride in you know praying a certain way and painting your face and and going to the Wailing Wall and wailing for hours and hours to show how pious you are. And he basically came and overturned and overthrew uh, much of these traditions and said, you know, no, you've you've stuck to the letter of the law but you don't have the spirit of the law. You've lost the kindness, you've lost the friendliness, you've lost the love of the law of God and I'm going to have to show you and demonstrate to send you back in another direction. So I think practically speaking if you see how practical Jesus is we could all say all of us here at the retreat that that there's something in us that knew there was something more than the human condition and also there's something in us that believed that it's possible for us to follow that direction maybe it's a, you know the sound of a different drummer you know we're Millions and billions march, almost like Hitler's army. Just march, 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 march in a direction, and then we're going in another direction from the march from birth to death, the march of work, 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 the march of save and buy and build and accumulate and achieve. It's just like a many, many figures are marching from birth to death. Without a real awareness that there's something else, there's something more, and we have have come into an awareness that there is there's something much more than this. So, in terms of practicality, I had to, in the early years when the course was just coming into my life, I had to deal with student loans. I had to that was the main thing of, of having a job to pay off student loans. Um, and then starting to work with the Course, and taking it in as much as I could, but it was this it radical. Uh, it, it resonated to me, so I can't say that I ever had a huge resistance to the Course. But I could just see it was talking about a radical transformation of consciousness, not a partial. And that, anything that has you just flip your mind from upside down to right side up, uh, do a 360 degree turn, that's pretty radical, at least on planet Earth. you know people are always talking about adjust make an adjustment, go to the chiropractor, get an adjustment, go to a psychotherapy session, get an adjustment. you know, get a quick fix, go hug your mother, hug your dad, do something, turn your attitude around a little bit, but this is like a three sixty turn, and so we were just talking today, uh, Lisa was mentioning well, there's so many resources that we've I took all the steps that Jesus told me to take, and then also I was guided to be transparent, broadcast it to the world, don't hide your light under a bushel, shine it, share it. I really was not into technology, I have to say. I resisted computers um, back in the 80s and university when we used to have card readers and before (laughs) there was anything resembling a modern computer. I was pretty resistant. All the way through. And then as I got more into spirituality, I started to get a little more friendly towards technology, but it was still radical, you know. I remember when I was just used to using phones, telephones, people don't even remember. Um, I'll show a picture of it, of an old telephone. People would go. That's weird. <laughs> they had A little dial, <laughs> and they'd say, "That's really strange, man. You were back in the Stone Age." <laughs> and I said, "I said, yeah. I didn't. When I first started traveling, I didn't have a cell phone. There were no cell phones. I didn't use email. Um, I just went around, and I didn't have GPS." I, I, I actually didn't use maps too much. I actually practiced just tuning into the Holy Spirit, which way to turn you know back in the old days. it was like kind of fun, like, okay, get present here, turn left, turn right, you know, and this is, then when you come to the place, you go, Whoa, that's great guidance. Thank you very much, but it was all all internal. there was no external component other than just turn left, turn right, and also, the thing with communication was um, I didn't have any kind of an organizer, so people would write scraps, phone numbers of people I should contact. I didn't use email; just phone numbers of people I should contact in the city, in little pieces of paper. And I would tear off little scraps of paper and write it down, and then stuff them in my pockets, and then um, go and then go to phone booths. Yes. I would go to a phone booth and put change into the phone booth, pull out the scrap of paper, oh, this is the one, and then intuitively be guided to get there. Occasionally having some holy encounters and asking, do you know where this is? You know, having wonderful holy encounters with people along the way. So it wasn't really a tech, I wasn't growing up in a real tech age. And I've had to really open up to be kind of more of a tech mystic because you wanted to be transparent. We do. There's so many resources now that are available. That Lisa was just saying this morning to me that if she had all the resources that are available, she'd have just stayed at home. <laughs> like, because one of the questions she said you had was how do we go back to our home, and she'd say. If I had all these resources that are on there, I would just stay at home. I would not be going anywhere.
2: Because when I met when I met David, he only had two videos, and I watched them over and over and over again, and they were the the sinlessness within and uh, Bryce
0: Canyon, yep.
2: Bryce Canyon, and that Penelope Chatterton one, you know, with the candle there,
3: awaken so the, I was just like over the Buddha, and the candle. Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. So so really it's not so difficult nowadays when people say, I gotta go home, how do I deal with this? You know, now with online retreats and resources that you can just watch on demand in the middle of the night, oh, I need to watch a video, I need to listen to a speaker. You know, it it's very much that the spirit is using everything to bring about this awakening in in the rapid way and and yet I think a lot of you can feel there's something about coming down here and face to face meeting the people, hugging, going on adventures together. There's some kind of camaraderie, fellowship. It's like this mighty companionship that seems even more palpable, and closer. You know, you can look into the eyes of people, you can look into the smiling faces and go, "Hmm, this is good. This is like in 3D color," you know not on a screen, uh, where people can just decide whether they want to show their camera or not. Everybody's showing their 3D (laughs) in full living color. Sights and sounds and smells and colors and everything. And there's something full about that and, and there's something, it's almost like you had to be kind of brave or have some kind of faith to allow your mind the permission for that kind of full experience to come in. Because oftentimes that's helpful if you're making a turn, or you are you have some questions, then you need a full experience to be part of a, a, a convincing, to make the turn. And then there's much more to come after the turn, but that's just the start of it. So that's the thing I feel. It's, it's just precious that we have this opportunity here and um, later today too with coming to to tour and the temples a few minutes away from here and then um la casa de Milagros is over in chapala there's a beautiful kind of a a boardwalk it's called the Malacan, where you can walk along the lake and that's a possibility we have some other properties too called la quinta where we broadcast our our Facebook or live shows um, LM Virtual Live um, that's a possibility there's another one called Baby Kenta has some rooms available some of you are, are staying there and then there's another house called Bliss, some of you are there and um, so some of you know these places but it's, we're going to kind of go on the tour and then let you feel it out maybe after the temple and the casa you, oh, we want to go walk See some shops, we want to see an authentic Mexican town where they speak mostly espanol and and we want to feel the vibrancy, the fabric of where we are. that's you know it's just whatever you feel and the the point is too to to come back to start to realize that the spiritual journey is just is really your experience in this moment, just like we talked about the headless experience is really oh. I'm I don't change. The sights and the sounds and the symbols are just always passing by, but I I am I'm constant. I am awareness. I I do not I am not part of this shifting changing world. And it's beautiful when you can start to relax into that. And for us, the way we live our lives is our spiritual practice. You know, we don't think of anything is separate. So we don't, we don't try to cultivate like a lifestyle. It's, it's like being in our vibrancy, being in our joy and our happiness. That is our life. That is our connection to our source. And so the, we value that connection. We value keeping that connection, keeping and staying in awareness with that connection above all the other things. Um, Things can shift and change in form, and it's easy. The ego will always try to pick up on problems or issues with anything. And we're just not into focusing our mind and our attention on, in that direction. We're just really into that gratitude, appreciation. Thank you, God. Thank you for this moment. Thank you for this opportunity to extend with whoever, whatever I'm with. And whether it's our house cleaner in the temple, chela, I always, when I do a tour, if she's there cleaning, she's got her earbuds in, she's just happy, singing, or, you know, working away. And I always say, oh, there's the happiest house cleaner in all of Mexico. And Spanish, we don't
2: even understand a word to each other at all. <laughs> We're yeah. just like,
0: see. Sí.
2: <laughs> Right. Yes! Right. And she's like, yes. <laughs>
0: Lisa never knows what she's agreeing to. See, 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 see. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> but, you know, and we've had, sometimes we've had the community come and be involved in, like gardening or helping clean or maintain, and then sometimes we'll have these beautiful... Relationships. We've always had amazing relationships for the last five years with mm. gardeners, cleaners, repair people, technicians. Um, sometimes they speak English. Sometimes they don't. Doesn't matter to us. We we find a way to work it out <laughs> uh, because it's the spirit behind it. You know, we don't really. We're not trying to uh, conceptualize it. We're not trying to make anything into a lifestyle. We stay fluid in the moment, and then whatever is, is what is. Whatever we're facing, uh, I think last night I heard that Francis did a plate crack. I, I just got into the temple and I I heard this smash, like this crash, and this sh- shattering experience. I went, hmm, something's going on. <laughs> Sometimes it's Iso the cat. Sometimes it's the wind, many times it's the wind. Because when the windows are open and the, the gale force comes in and then whatever's glass or <laughs> on a table or whatever, and curtains, sheer curtains go whipping and like tail snapping and things go flying and... Uh, you were going to share about the, the plate, the dessert plate. <laughs> <laughs> I
4: was going to go get a dessert, it's a frozen in the freezer, and it's stuck on the plate. And I was trying to get enough to, to knock it out, and the whole plate flew, and, and then all the dessert eventually came out of the plate, but with all the, the little glasses. So I thought, okay, I can't <laughs> risk. So I throw them all away. And then the, the funny thing is it's so loud, because in the temple you will see this afternoon, it's like echo echoes everything. So it's so loud. But nobody, <laughs> nobody came to say, what happened? <laughs> nobody. Not even the cat. Not even the cat. So it's like, <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> it's my perceptual universe here. I'm, I'll clean it up. <laughs> and I thought
4: nobody probably is home because nobody even made a sound.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but that's where it gets to. Your mind gets to be in a place of contentment that, you know, there's... In, nothing really out of place. You know, you just do what you need to do and and it comes through you. We're very much into communication, so we're very high communicators. I just had an email today from a friend who was out on the road and wondering if he should uh, be contacting churches or course groups, but he had a bit of the feeling of, I don't want to make anything happen. And oftentimes, um, people do get into this, there's a bit of a stagnant, nonchalant stance like, okay God, if you want it done, you're just gonna have to do it. But I am so into collaborations. I mean, I, I, my, the personality of David from in childhood was very shy and quiet, more like a wallflower, very imagine, loner in high school, voted most quiet in my senior class, you know, it was very, 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 very reserved. And then I look at my time with the Course and working with Jesus, um, starting, you know, in my 20s, my, around 27. And then from that point on, I was into joining, because the Course was encouraging me. Jesus was saying, you need to join, you need to collaborate. Miracles are collaborative. Okay, I, I can understand that word. Collaborative. I will turn around, and I'm going to be friendly, and I'm going to reach out, and I'm going to communicate. And so, when I was writing this friend back today, I said, "I said, probably you and a lot of people would be shocked and surprised if they knew how much I communicate. Like nobody full has a full extent. Like if you had the average communications of a human life, mine would." Be way off the charts. I am a, a huge communicator, but I don't even think of it that way because it's just I merged with Jesus and Jesus is a communicator. Jesus adores everyone. Jesus wants to reach and extend that love to everyone. Jesus wants to embrace and hug everyone wants to call the lost, wants to call those that have feel they have heavy burdens or they feel they're unfortunate or unlucky in life, or those kind of things. And it's huge. It's like you tap into the mother load of this powerful energy of, of communication. So even though I was not familiar or even comfortable with technology, I've, I've, along the way, I've had to just follow Jesus, you know when I was looking at phones and, and, and connections in terms of my early years of having a little house, a peace house or whatever, he would say, get into VoIP. And I'm like, VoIP? What is VoIP? And it was, it was this kind of high-speed internet connection that was lo- much lower cost. And you could talk to people all over the world and preceding the internet. And then, of course, now it's, it's still VoIP. Um, but there's so many things, I mean, to get, to get into I, He's like, open a YouTube channel. I'm like, YouTube? What's a YouTube? I was, you know, <laughs> I think it was about back in 2007. I'm like, YouTube? And then, my, Myspace, Myspace, and then, you know, it just was every single thing with social media, I'd be like, what's that? What's that? What's that? I'd be like a little child. You want what? And so it's just been that over and over and over. Call so-and-so. Call this one guy, and then says, Skype. What is Skype? And then Laverne comes to me, I think we should get into Spreaker. I said, Speaker? No, Spreaker. <laughs> spreaker, I said. What's a Spreaker? You know, it's you just have to be so flexible with all these things, because they just come flooding in, and they have a huge benefit for everyone, and then to be so transparent with everything. You know, putting all these travels and talks, uh, people would be amazed too if they if they knew how much I really traveled in this lifetime. I, when I would be with like Gary Renard, he would come up to me and one time he said to me, he said, it makes me tired <laughs> looking at your schedule. <laughs> and Gary's quite the world traveler as well. He would go, all the way over to China. He'd be out in some place in China and they go, David was here. <laughs> what? He'd say, David Hofmeister was here. He'd go, and this is in China. You know, he'd say, I'd, they're telling me all about David, 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 because I've been there, I don't know, how many times have we gone? Five times? Five or six times? And, uh, but people would be surprised if they really knew the amount, the, the amount of communication, the amount of travel. It's it's. It's not human. It's it's off the charts. It's way, way, way off the charts. But it hasn't felt difficult at all. It's been actually fun. I've, I'm into the fun and, and it's been fun doing that and watching how things, invitations, come and kind of just, they come in droves. And now I live with a group of people. A lot of the people, we've done a bit of traveling over the years. I know Francis and I did There was a time where we were just whipping around the entire world. Mm. We would just loop, go around the loop again around the world, and loop again, and one time we had just looped. We'd just done a full 360 loop, and we were in a hotel, I think, in China, Beijing. And we both just got up and looked at each other, and we went, Are you feeling what I'm feeling? And we both were like, we're feeling a world tour. We had just completed a 360, and we're in waking up and looking in each other's eyes. And we're both feeling and Frances was so good she got on there, and she before the end of that day, she had booked every flight for another world tour after we had just done it and and just went okay, and she was piecing it together, looking at all the different spending a number of hours, but just intuitively like receiving a download of all the places we would go.
4: And the the, the destination that we were feeling was not, like a lot of the destination we didn't even know why we are going. There was no imitation because David was very, you know, like we only go where we're invited. The Spirit only wants to go where we're invited. We don't impose, we don't make our way to to think of an idea that we want to go there. So it's always based on invitation. So when we join on the destination, I have to book flights. Where are we flying to? From where? So it's all based on the receiving of a specific destination. Um, There was a, where is that island in Spain? Mallorca? No, the the other one.
0: Ibiza? Ibiza? Um.
4: Susana's.
0: Oh, um, that's Canary Islands. Canary by, Islands. By, um, we received Africa. that
4: destination. We were flying from UK to, and there was no invitation. I was like, wow, because so it's six, eight months in, you know. But then before a few months before, I just watched how the invitation flash in from that destination, <coughs> and then everything is just like the spirit is saying, I tell you, but you don't need to think. And then you just receive and follow. And by that time when we fly, there is a huge invitation in every single places we booked.
0: Yeah. It, it turned into a, a massive world tour. And the thing about it is, if I look back in, into my childhood and my teen years and into my 20s, I I actually did not like to travel. I did not like to travel. And... I know for you 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 know, grew up in Beijing and and then moved to Australia, but it wasn't like you were just cl- globetrotting around. Jason there back there I see his toe. Jason was more of a globetrotter. Um when he came in. He was a globetrotter. He was off into all kinds of trips all around. In
2: the
0: Appalachian and all kinds yeah. Of hmm. That's Lane. Okay, Jason's off Jason.
5: somewhere.
0: He's off somewhere. But but for us, you know, that's what I mean by by the willingness to collaborate when you don't have an inclination to travel. It's not, it's not like on your bucket list. It's not like something that you really have your heart set on. But you are into joining, collaborating, and you're into following, like, and serving. And you're into the devotion of, okay, whatever you want, Jesus. I'll go wherever you want, I'll do whatever you want. I give you my heart, my soul, I give you my mind. It's yours now. Be you in charge. You know what will serve the planet, you know what will serve the whole. I do not. And so, by being in the spirit of that, that's also a value i think i think when i had that kind of experience of giving it all over to to jesus there was also this sense of like that that's, that was the most valuable thing i could do i valued the guidance and direction of jesus above all things and then of course that gets used in the undoing of the ego cuz the ego will Rear up and say, "Whoa! There's some more valuable things other than in this world than following Jesus." And then you get to see where those two come together, because then you really have to come back to your core decision, your core value. What you know? What's really important? The spirit leading me, or or pursuing things of this world? So I think that was very valuable for me at the beginning, because. I I just got into it. I got into the joy of communicating, collaborating, and what seemed so foreign and alien to me, what I was most resistant to became the most natural thing, as natural as breathing, uh, as natural as anything could ever be. And that sets you on a trajectory towards God, because that's going to carry you a long way. Because the spirit knows the way out of time and space and and the ego doesn't. The ego wants to keep you feeling you're in time and space. And that gets heavy. It can get depressing, heavy. For many people it, it becomes like a suicidal thing. Like, I don't belong in this skin. I don't belong in this world. I, I wasn't created for this world. I, I don't want to be here. And yet, if they believe they are, it's a huge contradiction in the mind. So, maybe we can just open it up a little bit. We have our roving mic in terms of questions or Jason. There's Jason, I was ta- telling about talking about travel, and I said Jason's a world came in as a world traveler. <laughs> I was, he said, he's. He's confirming it. Portia has got her hand up.
3: Thank you. Um, so I have, I, I don't need to share all of my life with everybody. Hopefully I can just get right to the question that came up while you were talking. So I admit to hearing calls and saying, oh, that can't actually be what I heard, and what else do you have? <laughs> Is, there Is anybody else? <laughs> else up there? <laughs> no, no, it's still Jesus, but I don't think I heard right. There must be something new, different, and you know, enough of that. And a lot of the uh, guidance sort of got muted, and life felt a little heavy. And um, that lasted a few months, just not too recent or not too long ago. And so I come back to this stage of knowing, absolutely knowing, that my joy lies in hearing and following. And I haven't heard anything more than a couple of houses coming up in June. And I definitely heard this, and I heard strawberry with unequivocal. I mean, one day, when I I had sort of heard strawberry, it was like all day I saw strawberries everywhere I went. (laughs) Like okay, I'll sign up. I still haven't committed to camping anywhere, but i I signed up um, <laughs> so here's here's the 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 question you've said it in a talk, and I believe you were quote, quoting from the course, and I intuitively know that wherever I am i'm entitled to miracles. I know that the the time and space that with this being form all of its form, I'm the one to be accomplished, not the changing in the form. I'm not here to change the world. I'm here to be accomplished as the one and and be the conduit and this, the hand of God is how I have felt very clearly. Um, so when you felt the call to go do this and that and all that you have done, and I don't think that my path is exactly what you guys do, were there times when you felt like, I'm, I feel good, Just I just need to relax here in this space and, and revamp or something? Like, I, I was out in the middle of doing all this stuff that I was called to do, and I badly injured my knee when I was attempting to find a place to live, get a job, and stay in Marin. And I don't know what came first, Uh, I don't know if I was actually called to that, but I was so in the joy of being there and serving daily. Uh, So I get a little confused on the continuing path because I know some people just, like, I'm really comfortable where I live and I feel if if the space is comfortable, I'm able to go and do. Like, the home base is comfortable. It's clearly not expansive, but from that place, I go out. So the question remains, are you wrong if you don't do what you sort of heard to do? Mm -hmm. Can you sort of just say, I know I can do something different than that. Can I do this? And then you feel something maybe a day or two later and do that. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm a little, I guess I'm seeking justification is what the ego tells me. Oh, you're just seeking an easier, softer way to quote the 12 steps type thing. But I really, I feel, I feel like the only one I really like to have a easy to love. Where I can just physically, emotionally just love my husband. I just can't, he's like the echo of the real love. The one that's unconditional to me and me to him. So... There I go. Any comments from (laughs) from anyone?
0: That's interesting with your trips to Marin and different things, and and you're back with your husband now, but but a marriage is a commitment. And I would say that, as I say many times, the ego is so impulsive, so autonomous, um, so sporadic, was calling it the wild child, I think, yesterday, it doesn't even know what commitment is. It has no semblance of experience with commitment. And on the other end of the spectrum with, of the mind training, the atonement is a total commitment. So you have the ego who doesn't even know what commitment is, and you have the atonement, which is a total commitment. Unequivocal, unwavering. Irreversible, you know, it's just, it's the soul function. It's kind of nice to hear those two words together. Soul function, only function, bingo! Correction, atonement, that's what atonement means, correction. Correction of error. We were all shaking before with sin, we don't like that word sin. Well, it's, it's, sin is an error, and atonement is the correction, and then you it's all smiles. In the, in the correction. It's all smiles. Like, whoa! Glory, glory, glory. And there's there's the gradations of, of what would be commitment. I remember we were down in uh, uh, Kentucky at that little retreat center we had, and we had a man that came from uh, Canada that came down. And he was a little frightened to be there. And I think... Um, Lisa got into a discussion about the word commitment, the, the C word, they called it. We Not,
2: actually talked about it this morning.
0: This morning. Not cancer, but commitment. And I just had a friend who just the other day messaged me and said, uh, and we talked, and she said, um, she said, you showed up in my dream and all you did was say one, you just came to me and looked me in the eyes and you just said one word, Commit. And, that, and then you were gone. You just showed up in the dream, and there you were, your face was eye-to-eye. Eye, commit. And, and then she said, you were. And I said, what, what next? And she said, I said, to what? Or when I woke up from the dream, I was like, to what? To what? What? <laughs> what, 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 what? <laughs> no. But the thing about it is, you know, it does require a commitment. Just like marriage requires a commitment, marriage is just a stepping stone concept, you know, towards the atonement. Yoga is a stepping stone, (laughs) you know. Anybody who's done yoga, music—you get into music. Oh, there's a level of commitment required in music, you know. The way Zach was playing the piano, and I did get a couple photos of just of your face, just in the the glory of the music and the surrender and everything. So, we have to start to realize that that the fear of commitment is the fear of of losing control, the fear of annihilation, the fear fear of surrender, the the ego's fear of just being gone. Uh, That's the fear of commitment. And I think, for me, to the depth that you can commit to spiritual awakening, to following spirit, to the depth that you can go with that commitment, then to that depth all things will be taken care of. All questions will evaporate. And everything will be actually easy to the depth of the commitment. I always think of all the passages in the Course, but the but the one that just is indelible in my mind, because I was so afraid of traveling, and how will I survive, and where will I go, and who will I meet, and will I die out there on the road, and all those things. You know, the part of the course, you know, in the Bible it was, look at the lilies of the field, they neither spin nor toil, and even Solomon is not clothed like they are. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, and all else shall be added unto you. You know, put God first. And In the Course, it's called, the section is very famous, it's called The Promise. Once you have accepted His plan as the one function you would fulfill, there will be nothing else the Holy Spirit will not arrange for you. Without your effort, He will go before you, making straight your path and leaving in your way. No stones to trip on and no obstacles to bar your way. Nothing you need will be denied you. Not one seeming difficulty, but will melt away before you reach it. You need take thought for nothing except the only purpose that you would fulfill. Commitment to that purpose. Call it what you want. Give it any name you want, but commitment to that purpose is really commitment to awakening. And I found to the depth that I could go in my mind and my heart to make that commitment you can do it right now you know you can make the, you can make that commitment in the depth of your soul right now it's not something that has to be all these conditions and future and past it's really there then to me that's what triggers everything in time and space just swirling being used for that purpose Everything without exception and and that takes away this this uh, struggle because we're used to thinking with the ego in piecemeal we're always thinking in parts it's always complicated there's so many things to consider there's so many pros and cons with every single decision it's exhausting it's absolutely exhausting that's that's the that's the, uh, the Contrast to making this decision and commitment to purpose. So I'm quite big on commitment. I'm quite big on honoring commitments. But ultimately I tell people you have to be able to take that commitment that you build. You start to build an awareness of what commitment even is. And then the more you can give it over and aim that commitment towards God and towards purpose, then all the struggles, you know, you don't have to get into the piecemeal thing like what went wrong there in Marin. It, it's not really that's not really the question. it's it's more of the commitment. How willing am I to commit to this? And I find that once you make the commitment, it's nothing is a matter of time, nothing is a matter of of um, difficulty it it's like it things just come as if magically into awareness whatever you seem to need it it just shows up even even after that 4 hour movie session i my bladder was full i had to look and and i oh my God, i got i can't talk now i got and i went over there and then the line <laughs> at the toilet and everything and then i join in a moment where's the other toilet there, to join in a moment I'm in. He was first in line. I'm willing to. To my bladder is not about to burst. I'm willing. Really, so he puts me in there, and then psh, the door opens. Out comes. It, it just was like I thought. There it is. It's a quantum bathroom experience. <laughs> Whatever you need. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just uh, the door opened, right right on cue. Psh, it came out. I went in. Oh, thank God. But. You start to realize there's no nothing too small <laughs>
6: in that in the prayer of the heart <laughs> I feel I like to share something about this commitment thing because like David's saying how how deep it is like I'd been here 10 years, maybe even 12 or 13 and people would start reflecting to me this thing like you've got to be committed and I'm like, what the hell are they talking about like what commitment to what what? And I just didn't understand it. And so one day I went to this movie called uh, Valerian and a Thousand Planets or something like that. It was this Luc Besson movie. They, and, but I'm not saying I recommend that movie. But I, was
7: <laughs> 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 but I was waiting
6: for what I was guided to go. So I'm, I'm in there watching this movie and there's a scene where this girl, this guy's really attracted to this girl and he's putting his moves on her. He's kind of like this playboy. And... And, he's, and he says, so, will you marry me? You know, he just met her like five minutes before. They came out of this deep sleep, and he's in love with her. Will you marry me? And she's like, no. And he's like, why? He's like, you're not committed. And, well, oh, shit. maybe <laughs> right right before that line I heard, here's your line. Because I hear that in movies. Like, here it comes. And then I get really focused. And, and the line was, you're not committed. And I was like, what does that mean? It was the most bizarre thing. But I thought, okay, I really have to pay attention now. Where am I not committed? And then I did these two months of extending. I flew up to Camus, all this extending and everything, and came back, and I was done with all the extending and almost starting to get tired, like I needed a break of some sort. So so I just I went into prayer that night, and I had this vision of, before I was even born, and like coming out of the womb or something, this intellect. I spun up this intense intellect as a defense against... against, like, awakening. And it was like, it wasn't, it wasn't because of my parents or because of anything like that, but it was like, I'm going to defend against awakening with this intellect. And it was also to get out of situations, like with an alcoholic mother, we'll be really smart and do all these things, and, and in school, we'll be, look whatever. But, so I asked Jesus when he showed me that moment, I said, well, how do I get out of that? And, and why did I do it? And he's like, you're not really ready to understand that right now. And I was like, whoa, I didn't expect that answer. But I want you to commit to Emily. And again, I'm like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> I know this isn't about committing to a form, intellectually. You know, this is about committing to a purpose, like David had saying. But, so I thought, well, I don't really know what that means. But wherever I put out the prayer, wherever I am lacking in terms of that commitment, show me, and I want to go for this even more. So then I joined with David and Lisa, and was, I was to go to Acapulco. <laughs> it's a great life. <laughs> Have a honeymoon yeah. in Acapulco. Go, go for a honeymoon
0: with Emily, <laughs> Acapulco. <laughs> so, I'm like, great it's a tough life, but someone's got to live it. So Jason. <laughs> I love committing. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
6: And I had my biological brother there, too, and this other guy that flew from Europe, and I had to tell him, look, i got to go, follow this. So we flew within a day or two to Acapulco, maybe the next day. And, And I just, okay, I don't know where I'm not giving, but I just gave her all my attention. I tried to listen more. I tried to, whatever it was, I was just giving my heart. And then again, movies. We went to see this movie called Maze Runner while we were in Acapulco. And again, I don't know if I recommend this movie. But (laughs) I loved it. But but it's really the end scene, you know, like the end scene was after all this drama and zombie killing and all of this stuff, the guy, the main character that lost even lost his best friend, he said this line, he said he said, even after all that I've been through, I wouldn't have changed. (laughs) I wouldn't have changed a thing. And that was my line, like, if after all he went through, he's not going to look back. The Spirit said, now this is your lesson, it's going to take you a while, months, maybe years, but I never want you to look back ever again, and that's your commitment. And it was like, whoa, but I had to do this first, for some reason, oh yeah, because make sure I didn't think there was another relationship, or another plan for me in the life, or anything, was like stepping stone, And then boom, you will never look and so that's why this talk with David on next, that is the most powerful thing in that movie where he comes back to the scene that it's hypothetical. All the guidance, all the steps, everything. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And then that is the real real teaching. Yeah. Uh.
3: I get movies and I get, listen here, or go to that minute. And I bought Blade Runner. And I thought it was Maze Runner. And I thought, that's not a movie for me. So I'm, I'm very touched that there's something in that movie that I really relate to. I think I bought both of them. But I haven't watched them. <laughs> like, this is I like, I like Maze
0: Runner thing. 3, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. So just yeah, to make about sure. I that one. <laughs>
3: but thank you for sharing.
8: Thank you for that. I think that answers my earlier question for you when I was – I just feel like being here, being able to show up here and see all these symbols that I'm watching online, virtual, like here's a – this is a virtual reality, and then I, online there's a virtual reality within a virtual reality. But coming here and being with you and finding myself at that turn of uh, of the commitment, the deeper commitment, it's, I feel like that, um, that song uh, from Breakfast in America – Super Tramp, a long way home. I, I feel like a... So you think you're a Romeo in a picture show. Well, take the long way home. And I feel like I've been on that long way home and the winding and the and the different um, teachings and different experiences just winding me, unwinding me really to come to this point and this point being home. And I feel I feel the home and the commitment and maybe the... Not the struggle, really, but just how can I be deeper? How can I deepen that commitment? And, and I've been asking myself that question. How how can I contribute? How can I help? How can I serve? And then still being watchful of where my little parable is and what I'm ready, you know, and the willingness is there. And, and is the readiness there and is the deepening there and is the guidance, is the, the tapping into the guidance sufficiently there to... to um be committed and 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 i feel like yeah the commitments the commitments be committed and whatever shows up and whatever that looks like and then just being here and being able to experience all 'all. Mm y'all and uh, i keep saying this over and over for myself and extending out the resources true i have this beautiful gift i have these resources i can just go click online maybe i can commit to jumping into lm virtual maybe i can commit to the spiritual movies maybe i can commit to deepen my experience in movie watchers maybe i can commit to listening to spreaker more and then maybe i can commit in my classroom what whatever shows up in whatever form and whatever persona i can i can commit to go deeper and go deeper and i can let go of having to try to force it into some well should, should i give up everything and go travel and and go do this well I don't know that I just don't know that and I feel like I can let that go and not even worry about that because that's too much of me taking the long road home but I don't want to it's kind of like no I feel like no I've, I feel the home I feel the home I feel this is what's showing up and just jump in and and, and the answer will come as far as the acceleration that I feel is happening and being here and, and I share with you that zeal that that passion like the metaphors just start exploding off in my mind like well it's like this the kingdom's like this and well here's a metaphor and we could do you know it's like this and then I feel I'm sometimes maybe getting ahead of myself because it's just that desire to share the 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 metaphor and what that links to like the you know no that's really saying all this but you can shortcut it in a metaphor and picking up all the metaphors that all of y'all speak about in the experiences so that I think that was the gift of just just be committed to the deeper call which, yeah, I'm sitting here on a, it's just a beautiful patio with beautiful mighty companions and just um, the, the, the friendships and the laughter and the joy and the reflections, just the reflections, and I, I, I get it. A song from an angel. How, how, you know, on a superficial level, yeah, she heard, they heard it and came up with a song and it's, here you go, this is for you, and I accept that as a character, but the deeper reality of that Kind of blows me away. It it just blows me away, and and stepping into the beauty of the that deeper truth. And so thank you, thank you, and yeah, that passion to want to share and extend. And I was sharing with Jason, just um, trying to discern that that passion to extend and the joy of sharing what what I'm learning and experiencing, just what's coming through me. But then, how to temper that? what's when is the appropriate time to temper that? Not now. This is for you. Listen. Get into the listening. And then when it's time to share, then share. But I know that I experience a deeper connection, and that the connections in my own mind start to line up in the sharing, in the extension, in the parable, in the, in the say, oh my gosh, this is connected to this. And, and oh, oh, this is a beautiful parable for this. Or here's an example of that. And I ditto, 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 ditto. And it's just like, I feel like I want to say, D- hey, hey, you know, ditto, ditto. And let me share. But I'm trying to find out. Maybe that's the question of just the discernment of when, when, when to temper that, but not censor, not censor the the, the passion and the the certainty and the commitment, but discerning the the listening.
0: Yeah, there's a line from the movie uh, Revolver when it's it's getting close to the. Like, foreshadowing the elevator scene in the movie Revolver. Where you don't want to go, that's where you'll find him. Uh, Meaning, where you don't want to go in your mind, that's where you'll find the ego. The thing that you're avoiding, the thing that you dance around, that's where you'll find the ego. Hiding. It's like a... It's like... If the ego is hiding in a dark well and you shine a flashlight down, wherever that spot goes, the little spider will go and hide in the darkness. It just moves away from the light. It doesn't want to be exposed. It generated the darkness and it doesn't want you shining a light down there on it. A oh, it'll just scurry over there if you move that light down there. So like to use what Jason just shared, you know, he first he became aware of that there was a, a need to commit, but he didn't even know what to commit to. And the way Jesus works is Jesus will Jesus knows exactly where you don't want to go. And so he's like commit to Emily where you don't want to go that's where you'll find the ego. It's like, commit to Emily, you're married to Emily, commit, fully commit. You know, she's not a part of your life, you know, you're gonna make a commitment here and really use it. And then that's how Jesus works, because that led him then into an experience of of a calling to a deeper commitment that you were talking about from the movie yesterday, to no hypotheticals, to not going back or going forward, you know, never never turn back. That is a it requires a much stronger commitment. But the spirit knows exactly where your resistance point is that will by facing that you clear away such a big hunk of resistance that then he'll say, "Now I can tell you. Here's here we go now. <laughs> now you're ready to hear this." And um so it's just steps along the way, you know. Sometimes people will be instructed to commit to a relationship. Sometimes it's to uh, a yoga routine, or it it can be to a number, another thing. Even for some that are, are very autonomous, they may be directed to commit to to caring for a parent who's who's ill, or to be given an assignment where they go and have to work at a nursing home and, and do things they never dreamed of doing um, every single day to face their, their fear of, of committing. But ultimately it's to take you back towards that lesson of time. You know, that's what the whole Quantum movie was about. Like, we, we need to learn to be vigilant for the holy instant. We need to be vigilant for this moment. Because it's, it's, the ego always wants us to distract away with the past or future. It doesn't want us to find the gateway to eternity. That's the last thing the ego wants the mind to discover. And so all of the commitments, we'll say, that we've had, all the mind training we've done is all to be applied toward the ultimate, total commitment of the atonement. For all of us. It's It's really quite clear that we're being taken in that direction. And then also the temptation to put yourself down, you know, that that ego talk of, you know, you're not sincere, you're not committed, you don't have what it takes to go all the way, you know, it's just this ego talk. It's gonna be very negative to try to dissuade us from that. I remember just the feeling that I try to transmit to everyone I meet is that you can't mess it up and don't get too hung up into the specifics at this point. Just be willing to move in the direction. <laughs> and everybody intuitively knows what that feels like. Like, I'm not going to get too hung up in the specifics. I'm not going to be distracted and shut down by this belief that this, he calls, Jesus says, the shabby belief that neither you or anyone is worth consistent effort. I love that. He's so right on. Yeah. Beware of the shabby belief that neither you or anyone is worth consistent effort. That's Jesus' answer to these feelings of, I'm not good enough, I'm not enough, I'll never get this. He's he's got some really good answers. And that's why we're here. We're here. It's like a, a pep rally. This is a giant pep rally for all of us, to move in the the direction of healing, of awakening. And to not get caught up. Because if you start to develop the trust, like, wow, this feels good, this feels right, this feels supportive, then there can be just those moments, maybe it's during a one-on-one, or during a moment online retreat or something, but where there will be something specific. And some of you have come here through some kind of a a very specific guidance, like your Uber ride, and then you go take Frank around for two weeks, and then it's like, hey, come down to my house for a a retreat. I'll I'll pay your way, I'll do what it takes, and you know, and you're going to be, oh, and you're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, and then, but I don't have a passport, okay. Frank was so sure. He said, "I would not. You're going to get a passport. It's, you have to get a passport. It's, you know." And so, but there's those are miracles that seem to have that little incentive. That little, you get a direct invitation, and then you say yes, and then whoosh, all kinds of things start to flow from that direct invitation and that agreement to join. There is a joining you had there with Frank, and, and it's a powerful joining, and it, it keeps radiating out in huge ways. And uh, all of our, even that first boat ride that we had where Frank was like saying, I, I, I want to get a house. It started there. <laughs> and then two months later, we went from I want to get a house to we're all here. <laughs> that's pretty strong, really, when you look at it. That's really strong. That, that's a testimony to the power of our mind, to the power of love, to, to how much the Spirit, that God loves us so much. We make the slightest turn, we have the slightest opening, the slightest nudge, a birthday gift. <laughs> you know, Lane's down here, and he's just like, wow. <laughs> and then then, watching Jason and watching Frank all the the symbols oh, yeah yeah, yeah, okay, yes, yes, <laughs> you know it, and then zoom you 're on your way, so it yeah. it 's the same for all of us, you know we're we 're just really moving in the direction and letting the spirit
8: make it obvious when I, when I um was listening to Spreaker and I heard I was listening in on your retreat from February. And I remember you talking about that experience with Frank, and I started picturing Frank. Said, "I want to meet this Frank guy," like that's 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 um, that. I felt the resonance with the level of commitment. I, I I just resonated with that degree of commitment of spontaneous taking of the action and buying the house, and and I was actually wishing and hoping for. And when you were talking about this retreat, when this retreat got announced, I knew immediately that's Frank, that's Frank's house. That, that's where this is happening. That's, that story's played out. And then I was looking for Frank on the, um, awakening in the dream. Where's Frank? Where's Frank? So I knew him immediately at the airport with Jeffrey and Frank picked yeah. me up.
7: Yeah. I said, you're Frank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the experience with Frank, uh, <laughs> our, our parable and, uh, Frank's you know, Frank was there in Santa Fe. We're look he I'm driving around, he's looking for a horse ranch. You know, and he's saying, That's too dry here. I don't know, you know, I don't think I can move here. But I'm going to a retreat. So then, you know, we're communicating, you know, when he had a chance and uh he said, I bought a house. I said, "My, that must have really worked for you, you know. <laughs> And I'm going, and he says, you know, it's like me casa, you casa. Oh. You know, and, and I'm thinking about this retreat, you know. And I'm looking, I'm saying, you know, I can't afford that. He says, you want to come to the retreat? He says, it's on me. I go, Oh, wow.
5: <laughs>
7: if that ain't a miracle. <laughs> and then the passport deal, you know, and and then this. Oh, it's so moving. And, and I was thinking, David, as you were talking about commitment in the program, you know, we talk about commitment and integrity, you know, to be committed to it and doing it. But I'm learning... I don't have no control over the integrity. My higher power does. You know, the Holy Spirit has that integrity. And all I have to do is trust. And that's what I've learned here, you know. And it's, I mean, what more can you ask for? <laughs> you know, it's a—it's uh, beautiful, you know, and... Um, I really feel blessed, and I I feel everybody's blessed here, Mm. you know, by this retreat. Mm. And uh, I'm grateful for Frank's commitment Mm. to the Holy Spirit.
0: (laughs) 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 That's sweet. Zach's got his hand up
9: here. yeah i think this is just maybe half expression session half half a question in there somewhere but um i'm just feeling like uh, yeah this feels more branchy than leafy we were talking about earlier um and i think it's just that i don't know what to do with this because it like i can think about it but i don't really feel it and i'm not sure i want to go there so we'll see if i can but the 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 thought on my mind is like i don't fully trust people because i can see that like ever since for instance my first relationship there's just this feeling like I I made up who I was for her because I wanted her to like me. Mm-hmm. And all of that was based on on that mask. And more than that, like from from then on or maybe maybe in the past, like, it's like everything I did was based on need. Like, I didn't actually go toward anyone else in a genuine way. It was just like, what, how can I use you? All of it. <laughs> and, like... I'm laughing now, but that I, I feel like that's only because I don't just wanna like see that completely for what it is. And like so there's there's that side of it, like I don't trust people because I feel like I'm the one who's who's been using them <laughs> for my own purpose. Not for not for this purpose, and also just like I don't know, it's so silly, but like in ninth grade this was this has all been kicked off by Brian taking a shower at six <laughs> six thirty in the morning I go like i'm I'm trying to to get down to the meditation and um He's in the shower, and I go, well, what's the belief there? I don't want people to see me in the same clothing as yesterday. (laughs) And why is that? It's because of me refusing to wear deodorant and a message on a locker reading, like, you smell like man sweat, bellows. And it's just like, how... That, that that insistence that people accept me exactly the way I am, but like the way I am is my way of doing things, with or without deodorant, and I was adamant that it would be without deodorant then. <laughs> so I think those two things, more, more branchy things, um, that I don't, like, how do I... how do I feel that more completely? Because I can I can tell I don't want to go there right now. But it's there. And it seems to be blocking this. Um, and I think, like I will say, one of the reasons that I think I can see that is because of the reflections, this retreat. Like, no, you are worthy. Like... You are okay, which has been invaluable, but it's like, it's not just like someone yelled at me, or, you know, they're not acting how I want them to act this morning, it's kind of like everything in my past has, yeah, so... <laughs> How do I deal with that? One? <laughs> How do I deal with that?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's. Oh, wait a second. I think everyone can relate to what you're talking about in the sense that um, there can be this deep-seated belief that, that just that people are not trustworthy. Hmm. Um, it, that relates more even to the perception of the whole world. Like, is there anything I can really trust? with these five senses, you know. And then you have a teaching like A Course of Miracles that's coming in so strong on trust. There's even a workbook lesson, I trust my brothers who are one with me. You know, he's like taking it right in there saying, yeah, you, you don't trust, you've, you've had experiences in time and space and you have memories of, that you've been burnt, you've, you've been sabotaged, you've been attacked, you know, you've been treated poorly, you've been made, made guilty by these characters. And I do remember some of the ways that Jesus talks about people in the Course that have helped me really face these things. There's one point where Jesus calls people... Shadow figures. (laughs) And uh, my friend Resta wrote a whole song. She came out one day. The angels gave me a new song. I said, what's the song? Shadowland. Shadows dwell in Shadowland. You know, and it was all about, not just the people, but everything in this world is Shadowland. Where nothing lives and nothing dies. There's only lies in Shadowland. <laughs> so it's like a grim <laughs> a fairy tale. But there are times, you know, when you're ready, it's good. It's like, okay, Jesus, give it to me straight. You know, if I'm living in Shadowland, then I need help. Uh, and basically Shadowland's just, and the shadow figures are just shadows of the past. It's like drawing out of this ancient, instant that Jesus calls the unholy instant here and now, the present moment is the holy instant the unholy instant is where all these shadow figures of still, it's a time issue like we talked about like Jason mentioned, that don't look back Uh, that's even in the Bible, they told that to Lot's wife Don't, don't look back or you turn into a pillar of salt and that is really referring to the past. As long as we put any faith in our past learning, past memories, past experiences, uh, even the, the Brian showering triggering this very vivid memory it sounds like from ninth grade. Yeah. And that helped you start to get more in touch with the feeling that was underneath. Because that feeling was sounds like it was very strong in that experience in, yeah, in ninth grade. So. We keep As long as we choose to listen to the ego, then the ego peoples our world. Jesus actually takes the word people, and he turns it into a verb. (laughs) We're not used to thinking of people as a verb, but Jesus says, the ego peoples its world. And shadow figures, peoples, you know, you start to get more and more an idea that people are thoughts. And that as that long as we're holding on to this linear view of time, we're still clinging to the past, and we believe our identity is tied into this past, that's what we're going to get. We're going to get these memories that come up. And then, how do we get out of that, which is really your question, is Jesus comes in and he says, when you meet... Someone, you have to remember, it's a holy encounter. As you see him, you'll see yourself. As you treat him, you'll treat yourself. As you think of him, you'll think of yourself. If I'm thinking of my brother, or my sister, from anything in the past, anything at all, he's saying you aren't seeing them at all. You are, you are just mesmerized with a with a, a figure from the past, a shadowy figure from the past, and. How did that figure even get there? Well, that's where the projection comes in. You have a thought in your mind that you can't deal with and then it seems more comfortable to see it as if it's out there. Them. And that's what projection is. The projection is an attempt to get rid of something from your mind that you don't want. That's, that's the dynamic of how the world of dreams and shadows appears. The attempt to get rid of something you don't want. And that's also, if you flip it around, you can start to see from the perspective of forgiveness, that's why we should have so much gratitude for everyone that we meet, because they're just showing us what we unconsciously believe. And and we need help, because unconscious is out of awareness. We need help to see what we actually believe in, because we're going to perceive what we believe in. and. If it's dark, we're going to perceive the darkness. And that's not going to build any confidence and faith in awakening to, to who we truly are. So, you know, in one sense, you know, it is it is brave. You, you know, for your decision to come here, for your decision to give yourself a month here and just come and really give yourself a full trial with the whole thing, it... <laughs> It's almost like you're saying, okay, I'm going to go for this new direction where I'm going to allow whatever I see, I'm going to take take a look at that and, and I'm going to have the faith that I'll be carried through this and I will come to a healing experience where I can feel more natural just as I truly am without having to, you know, Be a certain way. You were describing so eloquently about how the ego set the world up and how it just uses people for its own purposes to placate it, to satisfy it. I had a friend one year many years ago who just who was studying the course and she was just saying it just was shocking to her when she saw how she used people, you know, it was the most shocking thing of how she would try to lure people in and attract them to be in a relationship, she said I'm like a black widow spider, I just it's a whole scheme and a game to get them and I have to do all these things to get them to finally fall in love with me or commit with me and then I go yeah got them, got them on the string, and then, and then like, eat them. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, you know, but at the time she was just like, oh, it just was hard to look at because she was, like, starting to see the whole pattern was just getting exposed. It's initially, when we start to expose the ego and what its motives are, it's just just very dark. I had a friend who was the the cook up at uh, the Foundation for A Course in Miracles in Roscoe with Ken Wapnick and Gloria. And she would tell me, we would just be sitting and talking, she would say, yeah, you know, when Ken does these workshops on, uh, on special relationships, people eat seven times the amount of food uh, <laughs> with than any of the other workshops. So i got to go and buy all this extra food we get a hundred and ten people up there and he's doing one on special relationships, and and she said, Oh, it's a lot of cooking. It's just a lot of cooking. They just, they stuff it down <laughs> when we get into talking about those. Because, because, why? Because people don't like those chapters from 15 to 24. People, it's tucked, you know how he tucks it in there. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And then 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, special relationships. And then those are the most tucked away, the most guarded things. Because why? Because the ego invented special relationships to be the the substitution during the waking, the, the dreams, what we call our daily life, to defend against waking up. It had to invent something that was so seductive, so tricky. And when you describe that with your, the relationship you had, and what you saw in your mind from that relationship, and how you really kind of haven't gone there again, you haven't ever allowed yourself to go there, is because the ego is relying on that construct of special relationship to avoid heaven. It's, like I said, that was the ego's answer to the, to the creation of the Holy Spirit. That was the thing the ego said, "Oh, you're going to correct correct me and be do, do away with me. Well, we'll just see about that. I'm going to come up with something so alluring, so enticing that that sleep will be valuable that you'll want to keep on dreaming just so you can have this glimmery, shiny thing. And then that's part of the spiritual journey. The more we get on it, we start to unveil all the tricks, all the schemes. If you if we could put everybody's stories of dealing with special relationships, if everybody just spent like a half an hour say, Well, I'll tell you my version <laughs> At the end of like days of listening to us we'd be like, Okay, now I really need to know some instructions <laughs> on waking up because you could hear it. All of the, the devious uh, variations and versions of it, it would show you, you know, that, that it's not... Uh, like you were talking about the Supertramp show, you know, a Romeo and Take the Long Way Home. I was thinking of uh, the Supertramp song, the logical song, you know. I know it sounds absurd, please tell me who I am. You know, it finally comes down to the bottom line, like... I don't know who I am in this realm. I Please, I know it sounds absurd, please tell me who I am. And that's ultimately what we're calling for here. But you've taken a big step just... just exposing it all. That's the first huge step towards healing, is just to expose. We've got right behind you, if you can pass it back there. Laura.
10: I have a question. Can I be happy being an hermit? Because I was talking with somebody about that I have the sensation that I want to be alone in fact. I have been a struggle of my life not to be in alone. I was a party girl. I was I left my home very early to go to college. I I studied master in order to be uh, with people and being a student, uh, uh, drinking and partying, and I was and I was very. I I was trying always to be gregarious, and now I have the f- the feeling that I really want to be alone and that I don't want to be around people. And I think it was Andy told me that about. But of course, a miracle is about your brother. So, so I feel like then I am in the wrong house <laughs> because I I I, f- I felt like I was disapp- The 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 movie was. Amazing. The teachings were amazing. I really liked them, but I didn't like it because it was shown through a romantic relationship and it was shown through people. And I don't know if this is possible, but I, I wanted a movie that shows me that I don't need people in order to be happy. So Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's good. It's a great question because I, I can certainly relate to that question too because um, I went from being very shy and then going into with the course and relationships, but I would say it's not so much that you're, you're praying or you're asking, you know, can I be happy and be a hermit, but I'm, I think that's an intuitive guidance for you that that's a next step. And I know for myself, after 10 years of university, after some relationships and very intense flushing up, I was guided to, I did my first hermitage in uh, the woods of Kentucky. I got a little small travel trailer and I just went down there and I was with nobody. In fact, that was such a strong guidance at the end of 10 years of university that I remember telling my mother, my father... And my girlfriend at the time, what I was going to do, and they just had a look, all of them, a look of shock and horror on their face. My girlfriend's like, what? You're moving to the woods? (laughs) I'm not coming down there, and I don't think you should do that. Uh, My mother just had a look on her face of just disbelief. She was like... You didn't even like Boy Scouts, Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts and you're going to go live in the woods? Like, almost like this look, like, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And my dad was just like, whatever, like, dirty, no good, rotten bum, doesn't have a job and career. Now he's going to live in the woods. Good luck. Good luck woods. Hope you can handle them. Get him out of the house at least. He can go down and pray and meditate all day uh, out there in the woods. And so there was a lot of reactions to, I'm going to the woods, I'm going to go live in the woods. Like Henry David Thoreau. (laughs) I'm going to live in the woods and, and, and go to the core of what this is all really about. And if it's sublime, I will publish it to the world. And if it's dark, I will face my darkness, you know, I, was, I had to have some kind of pep talk there. So anyway, I did go to the woods, and I, I was down in the woods, but not just for that one, but I ended up having a, a hermitage. I did go down there, and I bought property, and I had a little trailer hermitage down there. Then I did a hermitage in Michigan, and then I did a hermitage in Kansas, And then I did a hermitage in uh, North Dakota. And it wasn't just one hermitage, there was a series of hermitages over the years where I would be with people and I would have my stuff coming up and all the healing and facing that and then go into the silence and face things in kind of an individual way. And I would say for many people on the spiritual journey, those hermitage times are extremely valuable. I would encourage people for years to take hermitage. And now even our monastery in Utah, we've got 49 acres and there are these little cabins. We have a casita, a little small casita that overlooks the canyon. The people have gone for periods or long periods of time. And now we even have personal stays at the monastery where people just come And they just say, I want to come and have a silent experience out in nature with the canyons. And we that's part of our ministry now. It's uh, personal silent stays and retreats for days or weeks or months. We had a guy that came down. uh, He would come and he'd say, uh, I hear you're closing down your monastery for the winter. Can I uh, stay in a cabin? All winter long, and uh, I'll I'll pay the utilities, and I'll do this. And we said, yeah, you can watch over the monastery. So he would just come up there and be out in the cabin. We would leave the, you know, the electricity and make sure he had electricity, water. And he would stock up, and because sometimes there's a lot of snow and things out there, and he would stock up. And this, uh, I don't. He might have been down there partially, was it this winter, but I, the winter before, last winter, he was down there for a number of months. So, yeah, it's perfectly natural for you to feel the prompt. Not that you have to, like, say, I am a hermit, and I will be a hermit the rest of my life. But to, to feel, oh, this is a, a part of a strong prompt and calling for me, and this is something that I feel would be very beneficial. And it certainly was, it was always very beneficial to me. So I think it's great that you verbalize that, because yeah, I would encourage that, if you feel that, yeah. Great. How are we doing? Twelve twenty-one. Any more questions? We're getting close to lunch. Martin. Lane? <laughs> He's got the microphone. <laughs> ah. Martin. Martin has got a question up
5: so so this is just a question really just relating to this this um this retreat and my own experience has been um something like a a um, bipolar and um, and twice twice it seems for, for no apparent reason for no apparent um, desire on my part, the, the the curtains, the thick curtains have descended and, you know, I know that eventually they're going to go up again, but I want to, I wonder if you have any, any clues as to what I might, um, what might help that those curtains to at least go up again before the end of this uh, Gathering and um, my, me to be experienced my bliss again, but um, yeah,
0: yeah. I think. Well, I think too. We've tried to blend in lots of different um, experiences and activities and opportunities, and so that what you're experiencing is is not uncommon. I know that. That's why I was always hesitant in the early years to go to retreats because it would, I would be happy and I would say I better stay happy (laughs) when I go to this retreat and it it would flush me out of my comfort zone and bring in the dark curtains and all kinds of things and typically relationships would, would do that too in the early years but but I think the part about like I think even this morning where they were saying instead of going for like an expression session it was more just Everybody just talking transparently about this is my this is our life. This is what we go through. Trying to be as transparent as possible. That's com- going more for that that deep friendly connection. Um, sometimes the mind can fling over into metaphysical questions and go way out there into the abstract. But sometimes it's good to bring it back to just that heart-to-heart connection of the here and now. And that's part of, I think even with us, with lunch coming up and then going on these tours, it's kind of an opportunity to kind of just do more transparency of just like, of this is, this is what we face, this is how we face it, this is where we live, this is, these are all the elements of it to keep it, to bring it down to the most basic experience. And... Um, and then you've you've that's what you were praying at the beginning. I'm feeling good, I'm in the bliss, but I would love to stay there and then some of the darkness will come up here and there just to take give you an idea of what what there is to expose or what there is to look at, just to chalk it up to that not not to try to um feel it that it's like it has you or it's um that somehow something you know, whenever we feel that, the temptation is to think, what did I do, what went wrong, you know, just to go in that direction. We don't really need to go there for that.
5: There seemed to be no reason. I just woke up um, this morning feeling that way and Mm. uh, after having a um, really nice experience yesterday. So, you know, it's just, I don't know, it just happened and... I guess I just have to go along with it, but I was wondering if there's was only little clues that might just be able to, you know, give it a
0: kick. Give it a kick, yeah, yeah, yeah,
5: yeah, something like that.
0: <laughs> well, hopefully our, all of us joining the way we're going to be doing this afternoon will be a boost, like a, a helping hand to say, okay, come here, help me pull out of the pit. <laughs> yeah, so thank you for exposing that though, so we all can know Know that. No, uh, be there.
8: I mean, I've, I've been watching that within my own mind of total joy and then coming up like this barrier. Yep. Um, you know. Yeah. no, I just wanted to join in on your comments and total joy, open exposure, and then some kind of thought thinking of, well, how can I contribute? Uh, I'm not sure. That, and then that just kind of blew up your question just blew it wide open back into the joy mm. of saying, ah, this too shall pass. This this parade of disconnected yeah. inquiring muck that I need to see and let and just let go of it. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you for the question. And, David, thank you for the reflection because it's like, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I'm not sure if um, anybody... Jason, do you want to kind of do a little bit of a lead-in to... I know there was some talk about a context for what's coming this afternoon. You could do it. I think Lisa mentioned it, but I don't know if she's not here right Maybe
6: now. Maybe Lisa or Francis if I say their name will come yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, basically we're going to take you from um, Emily will give you the details, but we're going to take you away from that noise. <laughs> <laughs> Up to the temple first. Uh, we're going to give you 45 minutes, so we're going to leave here at one fifteen. But we would like to kind of point out front, it's not really a property tour. It's a state of mind tour. Each of these places has come in to serve a very specific purpose for like an aspect of the mind waking up and serve different purposes. Like Kinta is an extension house where those of you that have been online will see the studio that may come in. La Casa is our mind training center where... People come, and David heard something from a psychic saying it's going to be a house. We
0: would reach the masses from from La Casa. From La Casa. Yeah.
6: It would be a house of healing. So everybody that comes there, Zach's going there, better expect that there's going to be healing going on, instead of surprised when I thought I had it all together, you know? (laughs) So...
0: And the temple, maybe you can share yeah. about the temple, Lisa? We were talking about it being a state of mind instead of a tour of properties Jason was just mentioning. Hello?
2: Okay. I guess it feels just so deep for all of us. You know, when the temple came in, it was, uh, yeah, it was uh, very unexpected. And I've lived here for a while, and I would pass it, but never really paid attention to it and and then David said we were going to go see it and yeah and I thought well we already have everything why do we need the temp- a temple and so I had some stuff coming up about us going to see it and then I heard in the car very very clearly would you just let me give you everything Would you please just step out of the way? And we weren't even planning on buying it, I don't think, at the time. We were just going there just as a day trip, like we do those things. And so when we came around the corner, you know, almost like all of a sudden my mind just went into this experience, really, that like it was just just a almost amazing experience of opening to my mind, opening to, you know, uh, an experience of allowing myself to fully receive and accept what was being given to me that day. Like just accept everything that's being given to me. And not that it was about the image, it was just like this grandeur. Felt like the most beautiful thing i ever seen in my life. And David even went to start to take pictures, and I couldn't hold the camera. I said, I can't even hold the camera. But something about it, I just felt like I was home. (laughs) Like, it felt like it was made for us. Like, it was just such a reflection of our mind, and it's a state of mind. And it was just so profound. I couldn't even, you know, and, and they said it was really, really expensive, and we just accepted that, you know, and... I don't know, like, I just, it was almost like, it was just such a gift. I couldn't believe it because I felt like it was reflecting the temple in the heart. The solid foundation of, you know, the reflection of the grandeur that we are. You know, not anything to do with this building, but, and we left there that day, and I thought, I don't care if I never live there i already have it in my mind like thank you god that that was this gift that i could receive and accept and be with and so it's very deep for us it's a place where we just and then after that then the money came in the it was like money came in right i'm gonna start crying because it just it just all just happened and so all of a sudden it was like it was going to be our house and I couldn't even believe that. and But it wasn't about the house. I thought, oh my God, this is all in alignment. It felt like it was all in alignment with my mind. And it feels so like we're just so entrusted to this space because I can see that whenever, like Jason was say, when I came in, like it was, um, I see that it's a mirror. <laughs> it's actually a mirror. And there's mirrors everywhere there. It's just a mirror of what's it like it's a flusher, you know, and it'll, like unworthiness or doubt or judgments or whatever come up that are not, it, it does its thing, and it's called the Temple of Escalapius, and, yeah, and I always loved the, the word Escalapius, and that was, we were in prayer about what we would call it, and, yeah, and Svava actually had this amazing experience we all went into this. We almost, we all just disappeared when we went there. there. It was like we just disappeared into it. Like it wasn't out there. It Was just pretty speechless. Maybe you want to share, even Svava, what you felt when you went there because, yeah, we just were all just.
11: Yeah, well, the whole thing was just so amazing because I had just arrived here in Mexico, left my whole life behind in Denmark. And it was the day after I arrived here. We went to the mall and we saw this um photo of the temple on the wall. And um I don't know, I just yeah, it has been had been there for a while and and uh, yeah, I said to David, I, I really want to go and see this. I don't know. I I just felt I wanted to just the experience was so important there. And, uh, and there were just so many miracles on the way. David had shared it many times, just going up there with the realtor and red cars all over when we went out of the parking spot. And, and it's number one. The house is number one. And, uh, yeah, when I when i went into this into this temple i i don't know everything just it was it was just yeah i i don't really have words it was just so deep and i went up to the there is this balcony on the top mm-hmm. and uh, and when i went out on the balcony the the whole world just disappeared i could only see light and I just felt just so safe and so loved and yeah I I just we couldn't speak there at all Um, yeah and like I said to Lisa in the morning before we left we just go for the experience because we we didn't have the money or anything for this house and uh, it was all for that to just to just come in touch with with God in the heart—it's—it's it's not about the place at all. It's just a reflection, a reminder that we have everything, and yeah, it's—it's it's all about experience and who we truly are. Yeah, thank you.
0: It's beautiful. It's very. Uh, our lives are very involuntary, so yeah so we're just inviting you to come with us and in, in that experience of just opening to accept what shows up, whatever that seems to be in your life and uh, and never judging anything as as um it's like you just can't judge anything of this world, and that I think was part of this this whole experience for me because I remember. We were just getting ready to go, and Lisa was just shaking her head. She's, She said to me, I don't know, I, I don't know about we're going to this place, but she just I said, I just think this is over the top. And I remember saying, well, with Jesus Christ, I can tell you for sure one thing. Nothing is ever over the top, whatever. He doesn't know what over the top even means. Because it, the experience is of the love inside. I just... I want to offer you everything not that it's of this world but that the spirit uses the symbols of this world just as little uh, reflectors or gateways and to me there's a prayer there's a line in the Course in Miracles where Jesus is talking about prayer and he says it's not that you ask for too much you always ask for far too little so we've we're just in the bad habit of not asking uh, for what we truly want or not opening our minds to the possibilities. And so that was part of, I think, this, this whole experience for us with turning the corner and the street. It's located on hakarandas, which are these beautiful purple trees that come out in uh, like February and drop all their purple... Flowers all over. You're driving along, and all of a sudden, you're driving on like a purple carpet, <laughs> and the purple leaves. Well, the whole street, this, the the trees are the jacarandas and that's the name of the the street that it's on. And then, as uh, you said, it's number one. Swava was saying. So when we're going down, there's this big one. But it got
2: and, bigger as you go down the hill. Like I couldn't really see it, and all of a sudden, I see it, and it's like a number one. They got bigger and bigger and bigger as we are going down. I'm like, what? It's number one. Like, the one, you know, the one mind. Like, we were entering a state of mind, actually. And that's what you'll see. It's a state of mind. Everything is a reflection of the sun, the sun of Mm -hmm. God, everywhere.
0: And going down, always an experience with uh, Lisa in the car, as we'd make the turn to go down (laughs) in the car, all we hear... Holy Jesus. Holy Jesus! Holy Jesus! Holy Jesus! All the way down hacarandas as the one Dear is Jesus. as it's growing longer and life. It was just like, oh my god! Oh my god!
2: Well, you know, I, I still have that. I mean, not I. Every time I go around it, I feel like it's the first time I'm driving down the road. Every time, it's like, oh my word! I cannot believe that this is where I live. I mean, I can't believe it. I feel like it's just all in alignment or something. And and it was funny the day, because this uh, Lapita who's been our realtor, she's a sweet, sweet lady, and she's just watching us go, you know, just blissed out. We were all just kind of like, <laughs> you know, we just want to lay here for a moment. And then when we went to leave and she said, because we thought it was going to be all this money or whatever, and she said, you know, no one has ever made an offer on this house. And it's been for sale for five years. She said, no one has ever made an offer. She People said, would walk
0: in, but they would never make an offer. They would just be like... And they'd run out.
2: They'd never see him again.
8: just I just wanted to share that before I even heard about this place and the name, um angie and i were on the patio over at the bliss house and something she was sharing something and something came up in me to tell her the story of the caduceus and the symbol the symbols of the serpents and the what was called the escalapius A- escalapius yeah. and the axis mundi and the the, the, the serpents great and god the, of healing and it was it was um it just seemed like oh well, this is the axis because she's talking about the north star in her dream and the center point and i said what well, reminds me of the story of the, the symbol of healing and the Asclepius and all that. And it was just a fantastic share for me and a reminder. And and then later, I think I heard somewhere it, along this journey, uh, I, I heard, well, the temple, well, yeah, it's called the Temple of Asclepius, the place of healing, I'm thinking. <laughs> okay, and you just mentioning Jacaranda, Jacaranda in, in South Africa, where I served a mission, um the jacaranda were just a huge like beautiful purple flowers so now this this is this is really this is really kind of playing with me right now which is <laughs> like it's the first stop on the tour yeah.
0: there's more tour to come but we are just we're going to roll on from one place to the next <laughs>